0: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do your it. daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. set! Your team. Pub. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LockedOn to get 20% off your next order. The Green Bay Packers are your number one NFC seed. They beat the Chicago Bears 35-16 to 16, and in doing so, secured home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the chance at their first NFC championship game at home in the Aaron Rodgers era. And Sunday afternoon was not just about securing that number one seed. It was, in a way, a culmination of a season that has been about fighting back against narratives, about righting the wrongs of 2019 and beyond. The Packers in this game, in the last two years, they've come out flat. Matt LaFleur, in some big games, his teams have just come out flat inexplicably last year in week 17 in a game they needed to get a first round by they come out flat in this game they score on their first three possessions after chicago scores the opening points of the game they showed that they had the ability to match the intensity to rise to the moment in a rivalry game, a game that the Bears had to have, or at least we thought they had to have. They end up getting in the playoffs because the Cardinals also lose and the Bears get in anyway. They will play the New Orleans Saints coming up on Wild Card weekend. And although Marquez Valdez-Scantling had the ugly drop, he also had an enormous touchdown in the first half, a 72-yard score. When the Packers needed a touchdown to extend the lead in the fourth quarter. They scored on their final two possessions of the game. They got the ball to Devontae Adams. They got the ball to Aaron Jones. And they got the ball to Alan Lazard. When they needed it, they went to their guys. After an offseason of discussion about how they didn't have enough players against the top 10 defense, Green Bay late in the game to salt it away Went to their playmakers when everyone knew they wanted to get the ball to Devontae Adams. They were able to do it. When Alan Lazard, in these critical moments trying to get first downs, is apparently not a good enough number two, they have to draft someone. He comes up and gets these two huge first downs on the possession, and Green Bay ends up in the end zone thanks to Aaron Jones who caught a couple screens, these, these really well-designed RPOs with A.J. Dillon in the game, 21 personnel, maybe maybe it's not Pony with A.J. Dillon, maybe we have to call it Clydesdale with those two running back sets, and then Jones plunges the ball in, and the game at that point is basically over. Mitch Trubisky throws an interception, the Packers add to it, Aaron Rodgers throws his fourth Touchdown of the game sets a new Packers record, breaks his own record. Devontae Adams breaks the single season team record for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers this time last year. Is he done? Is he going to be done soon? The narratives were spinning, and we aren't that far removed from the narratives that said Aaron Rodgers Matt LaFleur couldn't work. They weren't going to get along. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be coached. Colin Cowherd's take that Matt LaFleur was hired so that Aaron Rodgers could boss him around. It was proof positive that Aaron Rodgers ran the Green Bay Packers and LaFleur was just another errand boy for the Hall of Fame quarterback. This was a 13-3 team last year that was going to regress. They were sure to regress. They were the worst 13 and 3 team ever last year. They make no significant moves in the offseason and they go out and they go 13 and 3 again. They actually get better. And for a team last year, that whatever you want to say about the 13 wins and the playoff win, we knew. We knew. And I think even the most diehard positive Packer fans know in their heart of hearts. The Packers were just not on the 49ers level. They just weren't. They were They were not the better team and were unlikely to be the better team in any scenario last season. This year, Green Bay goes into the NFC playoffs looking like the best team, and especially at Lambeau Field. They are going to be extremely difficult to beat. They are better than they were last year, and it's frankly not very close. The offense is humming in ways that we could not have imagined. Zach Cruz came on this show last week and said, yeah, I didn't think year two could look like this. I thought it could be better. I didn't think it could look like this. There was a point in the game where Aaron Rodgers had a chance to break his own passer rating mark because of how well he started that football game. Started uh, 11 for his first 11 for three touchdowns. He was averaging like 15 yards in attempt And had a perfect passer rating, sliced and diced this Bears defense. Now, no Jalen Johnson, no Buster Screen, but the Packers also had no David Bakhtiari. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. This was a Packers offense that got to 35 points and punted twice. And if not for the MVS drop, maybe, maybe wouldn't have punted at all. And they were, you know, they were this close. On the second drive where they punted, they had the play beautifully set up and Barquevius Mingo makes the right play. Now, I understand there's going to be some criticism. Oh, just hand the ball to Aaron Jones, hand the ball to Jamal Williams, hand the ball to A.J. Dillon. Those guys are going to get you the one yard that you need. And, And I get that. We're nitpicking now on that, though, because, hey, guess what? They scored 35 and it wasn't just the offense, And this is crucial. I mean, we talked about this last week after the Titans game. It wasn't just the offense. David Montgomery, who had come in red hot. Bears fans were telling me he is a special player, a top five running back in the NFL. He's incredible. Special player. Special player. 22 carries, 69 yards. Nice. And the touchdown. Average 3.1 yards. Per carry. And the Bears fans are going to say, okay, well, nine catches, 63 yards. Yeah, okay, cool. Check down, check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. Green Bay let them have everything underneath and said, if you want to go 12 plays, you want to go 15 plays, be our guest. And guess what? Green Bay forced field goal after field goal. They got a fourth down stop and they got the Adrian Amos interception. This is how they're going to beat teams. This is this is the, the this was the plan the first time around with Trubisky. Yeah, they only want to throw underneath. We don't think you can consistently make those throws underneath, and we know you're going to get impatient. We know that you're going to try and throw the ball down the field. They did hit the big one to Darnell Mooney, the 53-yarder. That was a great catch by Mooney. Even with the 53-yarder, he had 11 catches for 93 yards. 11 catches for 93 yards. That means his other 10 catches, he got 40 yards. Everything was underneath. They couldn't push the ball down the field. Kenny Clark played incredible. And I think the the play that will stand out to me at the end of the game with Green Bay well out in front, it's garbage time, it's 35-16 with just seconds left. Trubisky fires at the goal line. Jimmy Graham, Jair Alexander is there. Graham makes the catch. And Jair Alexander could have given up on the play. There's three seconds left. Game's over. If Jimmy Graham scores, cool. You scored. Game's over. Jair Alexander would not let Graham into the end zone. Graham's got him by 50 pounds, maybe 60 pounds. Jair Alexander... In a moment that didn't really matter to the outcome of the game was not giving up anything would not be denied. And in doing so denied Jimmy Graham a touchdown. This defense is playing fast. They played fast on Sunday. They played physically on Sunday. They were they were hitting people. I mean, how many times did a Bears offensive player get up slowly? I mean, Adrian Amos came over and trucked Darnell Mooney on the sideline. Kevin King, yes, he had a missed tackle or two, but he also made some impact tackles. Chris Barnes came downhill and introduced himself to Chicago ball carriers a couple of times. Darnell Savage did it. And then, of course, Amos gets the pick. Shannon Sullivan gets the PBU. It's really a dropped interception. Packers got a pick and dropped two more in this game. But, I mean, in in 42 attempts, Trubisky with 252 yards and, and 50 of that comes on one play. Everything else underneath, 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 four yards here, five yards there. Green Bay, happy to give that to Mitch Trubisky. Happy to do it. And the defense has come to play the last two months. 16 points. The Bears have scored 30 and five straight. Yes, to bad defenses by and large. But they came in with confidence. David Montgomery was running well. Allen Robinson gets going in this game. Allen Robinson, five targets, two catches, 37 yards. That's it. Anthony Miller, two catches, 13 yards. They're starting receivers. Basically, they're supposedly top two receivers. Four catches for 50 yards in this game. So while there were some tense moments there in the middle of the game, and Green Bay has you know, the, the drop, and you just go, ugh, here they go again. Ultimately, they get the stop. They come out at the, at the end of the game. They pull away, and they prove their championship medal. That's what you want. That's what you want. This is a rivalry game. You knew the Bears were going to come out swinging. You knew they were going to come out hot. You knew they were going to come out with the intensity. You knew they were going to have something for you on that first drive. And yet, even when Green Bay was put in bad positions, they have the fumble. Tavon Austin with the fumble. The defense comes up with the huge stop, holds them to three points, and that allows Green Bay. They come right back. That's when they get the long score, and it just feels like, okay, they're off. They're off. And, you know, if if MVS makes the catch on the first drive of the third quarter, maybe it's ball game then. I mean, maybe it's over. And in fact, at the end of the first half, there was the Adrian Amos forced fumble. If the Smiths, by the way, both of whom were offside, if they're not offside, which didn't really affect the play. The Packers could have ended it there. Because at the time, it's 21-13. If they make it 28-13, it's just over. It's just over because they're getting the ball coming out of the third quarter. And, you know, think of how different the game is. If that offside isn't called and MVS makes the catch, it's a boat race. And, And guess what? It ended up being one anyway because that's how this works. When you're a good team and the bounces don't go your way, you're good enough to make up for it. And that's what the Packers proved in a game against the team that needed to have it in a rivalry spot. They made every play that they needed to, and a couple that they didn't. Does that mean they made every play? No, of course not. But they now get the thing, the one the one thing Aaron Rodgers had been talking about since 2016. I mean, he was caught on camera by NFL Films telling Jordy Nelson on the sidelines, you know, we need to have one of these at our place in an NFC Championship. And the the one other option, you know, the other time they, they had the chance in 2011, they lost in the divisional round. Win one game and you host an NFC championship game, which means you're one game away at Lambeau Field from a Super Bowl. Green Bay right now is two games away at Lambeau Field from a Super Bowl. Think about how far this team has come in two years. Where they were this time in 2018. And think about where they are now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The playoffs are coming. And guess what? Packers aren't playing on Sunday, which means you can put money down guilt-free. You don't have to feel like you're a jinx. You don't have to emotionally hedge. You know, you don't have to bet against Green Bay. So either way, you win one of those deals. No, no. Go to BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKDOWN and they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. They will just put money, they'll just give it to you for putting it in their account with them and using it to get a little action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't forget to use the promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to Locked on Bets. It's the new show from the Locked on Podcast Network, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, we do have to take some time and talk about David Bakhtiari. And it's it's unfortunate that we have to do it on a victory Monday show. It's unfortunate that we have to do it the same show where we're talking about the Packers with what is a historic victory for this franchise. Getting the number one seed is a big deal. Getting the number one seed for Aaron Rodgers in his you know post prime probably is also a big deal. And that it, it, that it would be without David Bakhtiari, much less you know forget the on field part. And we know Bach and, and Rodgers are very close despite their full rivalry uh, in the media, their, their fake war of words. Just not having him there, not having him be a part of this special Packers season is a bummer. It sucks. And on the field, look, they're probably going to be okay. And there is a, a path here a clear path for how the Packers are going to handle it. Um, it's probably not always going to be the same. Matt LaFleur said as much last week, and, and Matt LaFleur doesn't say that lightly. You know, he has been coy about these offensive line pairings before he was coy before the Vikings game in the opener and, and didn't want to, you know, he didn't even want to say where Elton Jenkins was going to line up. And sure enough, he's out there at tackle. The Packers are going to view this on a matchup-driven basis. So let's say the Packers in round one, the Rams beat the Seahawks. Guess what? Green Bay hosts Aaron Donald in the divisional round. Where is it most important that you have your best players? On the interior. So, you know, you're going to have Alton Jenkins. He's going to be your guard. You're going to have Lucas Patrick. He's going to be your guard. Now, You know, maybe, maybe what you feel like you need to do is put Billy Turner at guard. Maybe that's, maybe that's what you feel like you need to do. But that matchup, that matchup is different than, say, a matchup with a team like the Buccaneers. They have a a different kind of pass rush off the edge with Shaq Barrett and JPP. And then maybe you do feel like, okay, hey, um what's going to happen is Elton Jenkins needs to start a tackle in this game because the inside is not as big a deal. Vita Vea is out, and so it's actually more important that Green Bay gets their best pass blockers on the outside. And so you have Billy Turner starting on one side, Elton Jenkins starting on the other, and you're able to figure it out on the interior, whether it's John Runyon Jr. in there at guard or you know whatever they want to do. The, the matchups – could dictate this. Now, the the beauty of it is they have someone like Elton Jenkins who can do that and Billy Turner who can do that. Billy Turner played well against the Bears, especially in the passing game. They didn't have a problem protecting Aaron Rodgers. And, in fact, the one time Khalil Mack got Rodgers was on a play where Rodgers had to break the pocket. It wasn't like they had free rushers. It wasn't like they had guys coming in they handle this Bears front that is very good with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, and Robert Quinn, and they have a cadre of interior guys who can get penetration, and then they have blitzers. Tani Trevathan is a good blitzer. Roquan Smith is someone who, before he got hurt, could have been a factor. Then, obviously, they lose him, and, and that's part of the deal. You you really want to have your best players every time you go out there. Of course, the loss of David Bakhtiari alters the trajectory of this season in terms of the win probabilities does it alter it a ton <sighs> I don't think so I don't think so and and part of that is just because you know I, I think um, offensive line is a weak link system and so as long as you have five competent guys out there five you know solid players you're going to be in a good position and and we had this conversation in the offseason about, about Brian bolaga and I said yeah Brian bolaga is a good player you get worse overall if you let him walk. But if you put a guy out there in Rick Wagner or Billy Turner and they play just solid football for you, it's not that big a loss. Now, the, the gap between Brian Bulaga and, you know, Billy Turner is probably smaller than David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner. Because Bach is just a better player. We're talking about, you know, a potential all pro kind of player. And Turner, you know, has been I think surprisingly good at tackle, but is not an All-Pro caliber player for sure. And Belaga just wasn't quite there at that at that same level, and so the drop-off is less. The way Green Bay plays, though, can help mitigate that issue. A lot more uh, downhill runs. You, you, it's one cut and go, and we know that. And so, you know, Billy Turner in the run game. You know he he can get after guys with that size and that strength and that length, and then the play action game makes it easier to slow down that pass rush because they got to think, oh handoff, oh pass, nope, got to go get Aaron. That makes it harder. Plus Rodgers is getting the ball out quick, getting the ball out to Devontae Adams, getting the ball out to Aaron Jones on those little on that swing route, that little swing screen RPO. Love that design. Love that. That was something they ran with Jamal Williams and I thought it was interesting that they were using the package with Dylan instead of Williams. Green Bay has ways just from a X's and O's standpoint that can make it easier. Now, of course, if you play the Saints, you got to deal with Cameron Jordan. You got to deal with Marcus Davenport. you You have to deal with all of those guys. Here's the good news. The cold can slow down the pass rush. If it's cold, if it's snowing, that makes it a lot easier because the offense knows where they're going. The defense doesn't. And so maybe you can slow down those linebackers too for Tampa Bay. Devin White as a blitzer. Levante David as a blitzer. As a sideline to sideline player. Can you slow them down a little bit? All that stuff. It, it It's not like it's a huge deal. But it's not nothing either. And, and I think Green Bay... They have shown over the course of the season that they can make these sorts of changes, that they can shuffle the deck, and still come up with some pretty good hands here. I, I think we're, we might be overstating, and and Matt Lafleur is playing coy and maintaining his his competitive advantage. I don't I don't know that that moving these guys really means that much to the matchups, and I know we just went through the whole thing. I, I just I think the continuity to me, the continuity would matter more. I would, I would, I would prioritize having the same five guys. If if I'm gonna lose my best player, I'm gonna prioritize the continuity between those guys and their positions versus trying to play matchups. That would be me. That may not be how how the Packers choose to handle this. So that's something that I think we do need to keep an eye on, and I, I think it's something that you know could could uh, come into play here as as the competition gets better. But then again. You know, it is it is not the year of the defense. You know, the Rams have a good defense. The Bucks have a good defense. Um, the the Chiefs do not. Uh, the Saints are supposed to. They do sometimes. And then other times it's like, okay, what is this? I don't really get, I don't get it. So I'm the, the best part is that Green Bay is going to be able to score. And that Green Bay's defense on their side is playing better. And so it's not going to be a situation where, okay, Green Bay is going to have to score 40 to win. I don't I don't think in any of these playoff games, that's something that's going to have to happen. So I I think that's part of this, too. The defense can make life easier on the offensive line by not forcing them to go out and have it to drop pack, you know, 30 times, 40 times in a traditional kind of way, not be able to use play action because, you know, you're down 10 points or because, you know, the defense is hemorrhaging uh, yards. Hopefully that that's not what's going on. And and so that makes it easier with your offensive line as well. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got six new flavors, not so new anymore, but they're new. If you haven't tried them, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, all delicious to go with their German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, all kinds of delicious things covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and yet low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but also is legitimately good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. As we finish up here, I got a bunch of questions about Snacks Harrison and how he played. He did not play that many snaps. Um, from what I saw, he, he made a difference on the inside, and I think it is something that bears watching. Um, Tyler Lancaster, I didn't think played particularly well. Uh, Dean Lowry inconsistent, played, played poorly early, and then I thought got things right a little bit with an extra week. I mean, you have the week off, and as Aaron Rodgers said in the postgame, he told the locker room do not get covid so stay home if you can just rest up rest your mind rest your body rest your spirit and and come back ready to go but it with the extra week i think green bay is going to be able to look at it and say okay these are the ways that he can help us and I, I do think this is one that that does depend on the matchup because against a team like tampa bay you know you're you're not as worried about those inside runs they, the the bucks have an awesome interior line but the packers were able to stop the run relatively effectively early on in that game. It wasn't until it was, you know, a 2-3 score game in the second half that that Ronald Jones started getting going. But against a team like the Rams where they're going to want to run the ball 30 times, maybe you need to get someone like Snacks a little bit more involved in in the defense and and going forward. I mean, this it's something that you may need to use in future games. He I, he's not going to be Someone who's going to be out there for 30 snaps, 40 snaps. But as long as he's doing his job while he's out there being impactful in the run game. and, And as I wrote about for APC over the weekend, his presence allows Mike Patton to play a little bit smaller because he can be a run soaking player. Someone who can just eat up blocks and he frees up Chris Barnes to fly downhill. I thought Chris Barnes had a good game. Um, despite the the multiple injury situations that he had to deal with. So just it's something to keep an eye on. And remember, he's not going to be a huge part of what they're doing. But if he can give them 15, 20 snaps, that's a pretty big contribution, uh, especially on early downs, if it allows them to play a little bit smaller, which is how they want to play. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday. Uh, uh, Sal, you doing? Come in on Wednesday. Uh, No crossover, so I'm I'm working on another guest for that so we can still have a conversation that I hope will be fun and a lot more coming this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.